Thank you for tuning in to episode 13 of Leaders Lift. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. So how are you doing today? Now, what do you think the most common answer is to that question? I think it's probably something like, I'm fine or I'm okay. And when someone responds with either of those answers, what do you start thinking? Do you start wondering what is really going on that maybe isn't great in their life? Do you just nod and move on because you don't want to know how they're really doing? It seems that as a society, we have done what we do in a lot of areas, and that is to polarize the extremes and make the middle ground off limits. If you're really doing fantastic, that's great. If you're doing terrible, then there are resources to help you deal with that. But if you're doing okay, what does that really mean? How have we gotten to this point? So stick around and be part of the discussion. But before we get started, just a reminder to subscribe, follow, and share this podcast. I'll also be posting the video version, hopefully, on my YouTube channel. Just search for Leaders Lift. And if you're looking for other ways to support the show, you can check out the show notes for some great ideas. Now it's time for story time. This week, it was tough to pick out a single story about a time in my life when things are just been okay. I thought about both times I've been laid off, the COVID pandemic, times when family members have been dealing with major challenges, and times when I've been sick, sick, sick. I settled on talking about last week and how it tied into dialing it back, course correcting, and today's topic. So I did struggle last week. It was full of ups and downs. There's just a lot going on. I felt like I was busy, but really accomplished very little. At some points, I think I would have been thrilled to say I was okay instead of saying I was tired, worn out, frustrated, or anything similar. And as I worked on the script for the course correction episode, I realized that I needed to look for what course corrections were needed in my own life. The hard part with that was that I had been trying to identify the right course correction for some of the biggest struggles I'm having, but hadn't been able to identify any real viable alternatives. There were things with my business and my personal life that I wanted to have go much better or at least start to make progress. So I wasn't confident that I would find the right path, let alone be able to start executing and make progress immediately. But I still knew I needed to keep searching for the right path. In the meantime, I decided I really needed to do some dialing back. We already had an appointment to go to the temple on Saturday morning, and I decided that was going to be the big way for me to dial it back for the weekend. I also had a bunch of chores on my list, but knew that most of them could wait. So the plan was temple early in the morning, breakfast with my wife, and then relax with the family. While I was in the temple, I was able to get my brain to take a breath and start getting some insights on things that I could be doing differently to try and find the right set of corrections. Some of them were small personal corrections, and at some point, we need to talk about how small, consistent things make more of a difference than infrequent, gigantic efforts. Those small things almost immediately started making a difference. And as the weekend progressed, and I didn't tackle anything that required major thinking, mostly I sat out in my hammock and watched the grandkids play in the yard, I started to see some of the professional and personal challenges in a different light. I identified ways that I could shift my attitude so that I didn't feel so frustrated or put such a negative spin on things. I was also able to identify where some of my potential pitfalls were impacting my ability to move things forward or even to just open space in my brain for new thoughts and ideas. So overall, that was a great weekend. Sunday evening, I actually started to get excited about diving in on Monday, and that's not always the case. 
I love to say that Monday went perfectly, but it didn't. We don't grow without adversity, right? Well, I had some of the things actually flare up and get more difficult, at least mentally. Then Monday, I started working on a new project. It's a new podcast, and I think you're going to like it, so more to come on that soon. But in the moment, it was a struggle. But because of the renewal of energy from the weekend, I was able to keep pushing through. As the week went on, things really started to improve. And then over the last couple of days, as of writing this episode, puzzle pieces have started to fall into place. The whole vision of the path is not complete, but I can see farther down the road, and I feel like the full vision is fuzzy instead of missing. Now my energy going into the weekend is even higher. Now the lesson I'd like you to take away from this is that sometimes we have to be patient. Keep on keeping on. Be okay with being okay, and then wait for the right path to show itself to get you from okay to wherever you're going to go. When I was a young kid, I would wander off for hours and always made it back to the campsite in time for dinner. We camped a ton when I was a kid. I have a decent sense of direction, and so the key there for me was just to figure out the direction that I thought I needed to go to get back to something I'd recognize and then just keep going. Eventually, I'd hit the camp or a road or another landmark and be just fine. Now, note, I think if you're really lost, the recommendation is not to keep wandering as it makes it harder for people to find you, but I digress. That's what we have to do sometimes in life. While we may be worried we're lost or unsure or if we're even headed in the right direction, there are times when we just have to choose the direction that seems to be the best and start down the path. Generally, what happens is that you'll eventually figure out that you're on the right track or realize that you're off the path and then be able to course correct. This ties into being okay with being okay. If you say that you're okay because you think you're headed in the right direction, but you're not sure, There's really nothing wrong with that. There will be a lot of these times in our lives, so it's okay to be okay. For today's Little Lift recommendation, it's just tangentially related to our topic today. It's called Beyond Illusions, The Magic of Positive Perception by Brad Barton. This book is full of some great stories to help you understand how your perception of a situation can change it. One of my favorite stories in the book is about his son licking him in the eyes. Mom told him to look daddy in the eyes. It also has some more serious stories and is well worth having in your library. And the reason I included it today is that our perception of a situation can have a significant influence on how well we are doing. We can look at things through rose, sun, or prescription glasses. See previous episodes. So give it a read. For today's Little Lift topic, I want to get you thinking about a subject that I'm sure will require more in-depth discussion in the future but that ties into our discussion today. Besides our own perception of our current situation, the perspective of others can influence how we are doing and how concerned we are in living up to the expectations of others can have a huge impact as well. Now, very few individuals I've met were not influenced by what others expected of them. Most likely, all of us have stories in our head about what others are expecting about us. These stories can influence how okay we are or how okay we are with being okay. They can also reinforce the myth that being okay is not good enough. As a leader in your life, think about how, think about how others' expectations influence your behaviors. Remember when I talked about personality style assessments? I mentioned that one of the challenges with answering the questions is not to answer them as others see you, or as you believe others see you. And that's what we're talking about here. One of the main areas I see 
this in both professional and non-professional leaders, that there is this expectation leaders should always exhibit ideal behavior, that they can't make mistakes, and then they shouldn't have emotions. For you parents out there, how much pressure do you feel to have all the answers? Remember when your kid or kids went through the 20 stages of why phase? That's the phase where they ask a question and you answer, and then it's why, followed by another answer, why? And it can go on forever and ever and ever. As they got older, the questions became more difficult. Questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? Why is this happening in the world? If you're like me, you want to have good answers to give. In a professional environment, it's very similar. Let's say you get promoted into an amazing leadership position within the company. What are the expectations on day one? Okay, well, maybe not day one, but after you've gone through all of the welcome lunches and led a few meetings, what happens? Are you expected to have all the answers? Maybe. Do you feel the pressure to know all the answers and solve all the problems you were brought in to solve immediately? Probably. The problem with this is that these are all expectations imposed by others or yourself that are absolutely unrealistic, and in reality, they're also extremely limiting and liable to make your situation impossible to manage. Now think about this. If you've never made a mistake and everything you touch was successful without any effort, how much would you grow? How much would your team grow? Same thing with your kids. If you gave them all the answers, would they learn how to find their own answers and make their own decisions? Would your team or kids ever get the opportunity to learn from failure, which is one of the greatest teachers? Now, on the flip side of this, if we're human and don't hide that fact, then there are loads of positives that can come from it. We set the right example. We help others realize that failure is not final. We teach and help others become self-reliant. We grow. Those around us grow. When we struggle emotionally, we make it okay for others to do so. We can also show them how to work through these types of situations and get the help they need. We also get an amazing opportunity to help those we lead develop their own leadership skills. Now, none of this would be possible if we lived up to those unrealistic expectations. And finally, if we show others that sometimes it's okay to just be okay, then we don't just start putting pressure on them to feel like they have to live up to these same unrealistic expectations. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to be okay. You don't have to be perfect. But does any of this make sense? The best way you can lead is be, by becoming the best you. And you need to decide what that means. I'm happy to help you work through figuring it out because it's a key component of your own personal development. But be the leader you want and can be, not the one everyone else expects. Then allow, allow those that you lead to do the same. Okay, let's take a break and then let's start talking about being okay. All right, before we do some heavy lifting, just this quick message. As the podcast continues to move forward, I really want to expand the audience. If you haven't already shared it out with someone, here's your challenge. Go to your favorite episode, hit the button that's a square with an arrow pointing out of it. That's the most common way to share these. Then pick someone in your contacts that could really use the message in that episode and hit send. Maybe you pick episode 10 on dialing it back and send it to a family member that's really stressed out. Or you pick episode 11 and send it to a leader or colleague that's working on their own professional development plan. If everyone listening would do that once a week, we would have a fantastic group and could start building a community that can lift and support each other. Okay, let's get back to the topic at hand. Let's do some heavy lifting. A lot of what I've focused on in this podcast has been about wanting to help you and others get the most out of life. 
if that's the goal, and I hope you have your own version of what it means to get the most out of life, then there is this impression that you have to be going at full speed and everything needs to be awesome all of the time. If that's not the case, then are you really getting the most out of life, some people may ask. Now, I've mentioned a few times how I'm driven to be a perfectionist. I try to work on toning that back, but it's just so ingrained that I can only keep it at bay when things are going really well and smooth. So when things are okay, that drive kicks in and makes me want to makes me want to make things to be more than okay, even though I don't know if that's really possible. In the professional world, there's a myth about everyone needing to be a high potential or top performer. I believe that's a myth, and I'll explain why later in the episode. As leaders, professional or in life, we deal with another myth, which is that we need to meet everyone else's expectations and live up to their standards, even if that means we can't be ourselves. So today I want to try and weave a few topics together as I believe they're all related. Dialing it back, course corrections, being okay with being okay, and living up to the expectations of others, which I just covered at a high level. They all fit into a similar bucket. I've done deep dives on dialing it back and course corrections, so I'll weave in some reminders, but the majority of today will be focused on understanding what it means to be okay and when it's okay to be okay. Let's start off by talking about some myths. This is my list of myths around being okay. You may agree with some and not with others. I may have missed some. Feel free to drop me some feedback on your thoughts or your list. Now, these myths are the ones that I've seen do damage on my own and other sense of well-being. First is the myth that we need to be going full throttle all the time. It's probably only part of the myth. The full myth would be that it's impossible to be better than okay without going full throttle all the time. What happens is that we believe that we need to go full throttle, so when we don't, we're less than okay. Yet, when we are going full throttle, we might say we're great, even if we have no idea what we're going full throttle at, or if it's effective, in the slightest. It's like being busy is the goal, and that what, that's what makes us better than being okay. For me, being busy is not what I want to get out of life. Now, the second myth is that the harder we work, know, the more we know, and the more skills we have, the less we'll struggle in life. Have you ever thought that? If I could just be a little smarter or work a bit more, I wouldn't be having this challenge. Sure, there are times when additional skill or knowledge will make things easier, and hard work is always a good thing. But that doesn't mean you're immune to the challenges that come with life. Think about the COVID pandemic. Sure, those that were in better health were able to better deal with the virus. That didn't make them immune to it. There were plenty of extremely healthy people that got very sick. And I know folks that were much less healthy that seemed to just get the sniffles. This is not an excuse to not learn, grow, develop skills, and work hard, but it doesn't, those things don't exempt you from tough times and from the need to just be okay at times. Now, the third myth I'll cover is that money solves all problems. We need money. It can solve a lot of problems. But how many people are out there just rolling in the dough and are absolutely miserable? Think about the number of famous or wealthy individuals that spend all of their money on drugs or something similar in the pursuit of being okay or better. And then the last myth is the kind of overarching one, and that is that being okay is a bad thing. That's a myth, because there are times when it's okay to be okay. I'm not sure I'd want to be okay all the time, but sometimes okay is good enough, or it's the best that I can do, and that's okay. 
By the way, please don't count how many times I'm using okay in this episode. Okay, again, said it again. Moving on to an even bigger, or maybe the most important topic is one of the biggest reasons that being okay can have such a negative connotation is that we tend to make how we are doing relative. Now, here's what I mean by that. When someone asks us how we're doing, we likely think about how we're doing compared to someone else or another time in our life or something similar. If you had a rough day and you come home and someone asks you how you're doing and you compare that to, say, your wedding day, I know that's extreme, what is your answer going to be? When we evaluate how we're doing, we need to be deliberate in not comparing it to the best or worst we have ever experienced, but focus on the here and now. Then if you say, I'm okay because for now you're just okay, then that's okay. Think about it this way. How many parents have seen these social media channels where parents are taking pictures of their angel children sitting at the breakfast bar in an immaculate kitchen? You look around you and in your kitchen, there are dirty dishes in the sink. You can see Fruit Loop smashed into the counter, and as someone has stepped on a banana that fell off of the counter. You look over and see your angel child dumping the bowl of Fruit Loops on their head. If you compare your kitchen to the one on Instagram, how are you going to feel? The problem with this is that most often social media only reflects what the poster wants you to see. They kind of naturally assume that everything in their home is just as perfect, but it's more likely that the scene was set up and that you're only seeing exactly what they want you to see. So the problem we have when doing this kind, or really any kind of comparison, is that we are rarely fully informed or using reality in our comparison. We know our reality, but not the, what we're comparing it to. It's easier to see the reality of the current situation, but we don't know what is going on in the lives of others. Even when it comes to our own memories, we tend to only remember the things we want to, and that's usually the good parts. Most will say that their wedding day was pretty amazing, or maybe the day you got that giant promotion, or even when you had that one person you had been working with achieve a huge goal. But do you remember that it was 100 degrees out and you stood and took pictures for two hours in that heavy dress and tuxedo? Do you remember that before you got that promotion that someone had backed into your car? Or all of the struggles and worries that went along with helping your kid achieve one of their lifelong dreams? Sure, the memories are there, but when we do this comparison, we are only likely to remember bits and pieces. So the caution here is that when someone asks you how you're doing, be careful about what you compare your current feelings to. Don't assume that you're in trouble because your life or situation doesn't appear to be perfect and everyone around you has no troubles and is living a charmed life. That's just not reality. For just a couple of minutes, I want to talk about a few things that tend to creep up in the professional world, maybe more so than other places. These are all things that contribute to the myth that being okay is not okay. First, I already talked about being busy. But in the professional world, we spend a lot of time talking about being productive. Truity, which is the service I use for personality style assessments, calls this toxic productivity. The drive to be productive, or busy in the non-professional world, can actually become toxic in our lives. It wears us out. It puts work at the top of our priority list. It pushes us to avoid dialing it back or even course correcting because it instills this belief that as long as I keep pushing forward, things will be fine. My caution here is first to you personally to evaluate your own productivity or level of busyness. It should fluctuate. 
There will be times when you're super busy, and for good reason. Then there are other times where you are super busy just because it's expected that you're super busy. That's not good and will most likely get you nowhere. For leaders that have responsibility for metrics, be careful how you measure productivity and how much emphasis you put on it. Too many leaders today are using productivity as a reason to force employees back into the office or to even do layoffs without using layoffs. They use productivity as a reason to let people go. Don't use productivity in this way. Don't use it as a weapon. Use it in a way that helps those you lead to move themselves, your team, and the company forward. Now, the next thing I'll talk about is really in a professional environment, but applies everywhere. And this is the concept that everyone needs to be the best at everything. Just look at that statement. There can be only one best in whatever. So is that statement even realistic? My son has been a good example of this to me. I felt this level of pressure in school. I'd do extra credit, wanted to be at the top. He realized a few years ago that school was just not that important to him. Now, he's a teenager, so there are times that he takes this a bit too far and slacks off. But for the most part, he's found a good balance. He's taken all of the required classes and even a few college-level courses. He gets good grades. But for his senior year, he set things up so that he could work outside of school and get credit and still play soccer and be on track for graduation. I would have never done that. In fact, I didn't. When there weren't any classes left for me to take in certain subjects, I found other courses to take through correspondence. He just has a better vision of what's most important for him. He's content and doing well and on track for his goals, which would have shocked high school version of me. Even current version of me still has a hard time comprehending his schedule and that he's still on track for all this stuff. Now, when he comes home and I ask how school was, most often it was okay or fine, which for him is just fine. If you have to be the best at everything you do, you'll never be okay. And another thing to think about in a professional environment is what would your team be like if every one of them was a high potential, ambitious top performer? Are you saying to yourself that would be a good problem to have? It's not. I thought that way at one point. But in the call center, I realized that I wanted only about 10% of our agents to fall into that category. I wanted the largest segment of our employees to be okay doing their best, meeting all of their targets, sometimes doing a little better, but being content and okay right where they were. That was a much better dynamic. If 90% were driving to be at the top, all you ended up with was a lot of disappointed folks that were absolutely not okay. You wanted enough to keep pressure on each other, just enough folks that they could compete and push each other. But then you wanted that core group of folks that just kept the machine running and were very happy with doing so. Now, the last piece here, and I talked about this in my course correction episode, is that it's not okay, is the myth or the problem with taking a step backwards. People will say that it's not okay to take a step backwards. I won't deep dive into that, but I can tell you that I've done that deliberately multiple times in my life. And that's been more than okay because each time it has helped me move forward. So don't be afraid to do that when it will make things better, make things okay, or help start you moving past okay. Let's wrap up talking about being okay itself. Everything so far has been more around the miss and hopefully helping you realize that okay is okay. But let's talk about how to really be okay. First, you need to get to know yourself, know your default behaviors, 
know what your triggers are, know the signs of when you might be moving from great to okay or from okay to something less than that. Got to know those signs. Knowing yourself will help you define what it means to you personally to be okay. And each of us should have our own definition of what that means. You ought to know if okay for you means that there are struggles, but I'm managing. Or if it means that I'm super busy and spinning my wheels, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Or does it mean that I've chosen to deliberately diet back and just be okay for a bit so that I can move forward in the future? Another thing you want to understand about yourself is how to tell when you're getting complacent. It's easy to get too comfortable being okay. In a lot of cases, it doesn't take much energy to be okay. Not really trying to make things better and doing just enough so that things don't get worse, that doesn't take a lot. The problem with this approach is that you may not notice if your personal bar for being okay keeps getting lower and lower. At one of my jobs, I spent over a year trying to find ways to stay busy. We were in the middle of a being acquired by a competitor, and because of the size of the merger, it was taking a long time to get government approval. During that time, all of our major initiatives I had been a part of were put on hold. There were a few minor projects that would take a couple of hours a week, but beyond that, I really only had one major initiative. For that initiative, we had already hit the deadlines, so everything that was left were improvements or refinements. I'd talked to my boss about this, and he basically told me to try and find things to do and put in as many hours as I could. I did a lot of that. There were a lot of offices and departments that wanted to improve how they were using the new tools, so I worked with them. Basically, I went where I was wanted. The problem was that in the times that I didn't have another group to be helping, there just wasn't much to do. When I was working with other departments, I was doing great. When I had a lull, I still thought I was doing okay, but really I wasn't. I had become complacent and comfortable. So you need to beware of complacency. And if it's kicking in, go through the course correction steps I mentioned in last episode and figure out how to raise the bar on being okay. Another way to get okay with being okay is learning to slow down when you experience adversity and get comfortable being okay in those circumstances. Now, think about the trees analogy I've shared in the past. When they're in the middle of a drought, the rings are closer together because they stopped focusing on growing and just focused on survival. They would probably say they were just okay. I'm assuming trees can talk. That's good because they were alive and there was some minor growth. But then when the rains returned, they were able to go right back to growth. If they had kept trying to grow without the resources, they probably would not have survived. So you need to learn to slow down in adversity, and especially during adversity, be okay with being okay. Now you also need to learn to adjust your balance depending on the situation. I don't believe that our lives are always perfectly in balance. Our priorities, they always need to be adjusted. And that means that in some areas we might be struggling, in other areas we might just be okay. And we could be flourishing in some areas. I know there's this myth out there that says you need to keep your personal and professional lives separate, but what happens in one absolutely impacts the other. If you're under a tremendous amount of pressure to hit a deadline at work, you might only be able to be okay in stuff outside of work. Now, there have been other times when there's so much going on at home that I I thought, I can only be okay at work. I feel like that right now, actually. I'm not sure how I would balance everything going on if I had a large leadership position at a corporation. It's the kind of work I'm doing right now that allows me to manage the personal and professional priorities I have going on and work on being more than okay. 
Hopefully we don't spend all of our time trying to be okay in every aspect of our lives. There may be periods of time where everything is so much that all you can be is okay. But what you want to work towards is identifying ways or areas where you can begin to move forward. Now I say that, but that doesn't mean you have to do it immediately. Like the trees returning to growth mode, or like me waiting for the right path to appear that, from the story time story. Sometimes you're just going to be okay for a while because you have to wait for the right time to start to move forward. Lastly, I want you to think about giving yourself permission to be okay, at least for a while, until the rains come back at least. When you're going through a tough time in one or more areas of your life, the last thing you want to do is put more pressure on yourself to be better than okay. That's not healthy, productive, or necessary. So like we talked about in Dialing It Back, give yourself permission to be okay until you get to the point where you can start moving forward again. The timing on that and how you move forward is up to you to determine. Just beware of complacency, as we talked about, so you don't wait too long to start moving. Now, this one is something I struggle with because even when I recognize that I need to dial it back and not focus on growth, I struggle being okay with doing so. I know I'm influenced by the toxic productivity I mentioned earlier. I need to be doing something or I just don't believe I'm okay. So for me, I need to try and find other things that I can do that combine dialing it back with me moving forward. That's why camping, biking, reading, tech gadgets are such a part of my life. Those things allow me to do something without having it be all-consuming or energy draining. So find what works for you. It may take some trial and error, but if you can find ways to be okay when you need to be and know when to move on, you're going to be okay. I'm not sure how this episode came across. I think the key message I would share is that sometimes being okay is absolutely the best that we can do. During those times, we shouldn't put pressure on ourselves to be better than okay. We shouldn't compare our current situation to anyone or anything around us. We can give ourselves permission to just be okay and not be focused on being extraordinary at the moment. Now, that comes with the caution on how easy it is to replace being okay with complacency. That's when we can get ourselves into trouble. If we find ourselves doing it, getting complacent, we need to find a way to kick it in gear and get back to a good point. Get back to being okay, because when you're complacent, you're probably not really okay. In the example I shared earlier, I had to get laid off to realize that I had gotten way too complacent and that I had been steadily lowering the bar as far as what it meant to be okay. If you find yourself in that position that that bar is lowering, that's a pretty good time to work on a course correction so that life doesn't force you to make one. Thanks for making it clear through to the end of the episode. I hope you'll subscribe, follow, and share the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter now at LDRSLFT. You can also see video shorts and the occasional long-form video on YouTube. Just search for Leaders Lift. If you're looking for other ways to support the show, you can check out some of the options in the show notes, including Patreon. Now, until next week, find someone to lift, maybe someone that's ready to move on from okay to extraordinary. Make a difference in their life and see what a difference it makes in yours.